In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Reyes Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Cute Code, Wood Elf, and Mythical present Ronstadt. Starring Rhett McLaughlin and Link Neal. Created by Jonathan Straley and Brandon Bestenheider. Episode 7, Search and Destroy. Hello, listeners. Be advised the show uses immersive audio. It may seem like sounds are coming from around or behind you. Please use caution when operating a motor vehicle. The following episode contains depictions of violence that may be triggering for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Faye is out of my life. Hattie may be given up on me. Even Headvox is handing me the silent treatment. Hello? You in there? All I have left is... 9-1, what's your freaky? I man my desk, phone in hand. But am I really helping anyone? Doesn't feel like it. Pick it up, put it down. Pick it up, put it... What do you call this? Call what, Vez? This. The part of the vending machine where you take the snack out? I don't know. Food port? Retrieval dock. Landing bay. Snack hatch. Um, I believe pickup slot is the most widely accepted term. Todd, um, forgot you were there, man. One night when I was at university, I climbed inside a vending machine. It's sort of like some hijinks. <laughs> Spent my entire spring break in there. It, it's definitely called a pickup slot. That's what the firemen called it when they were taking me out th- through the pickup slot. Bye, Todd. Oh. Yeah. So, how's your night going? Depressing, to be honest. Sometimes my callers really do need more than words. More than just some lame conversation. There's nothing I can do about it. Tool has me neutered. Yeah. Too bad you can't make him a believer, man. Get him to believe in your stuff, you know? Like me and my tia. Sorry. Uh, one more time when I'm not reheating casserole. I said tool. Too bad you can't get him to believe. Huh. You mean, maybe I could scare him into believing? What? Well, I, I didn't say that, but... What do you think even scares Tool? Expensive footwear, modern art, black and white movies. (laughs) Well, if anyone can figure it out, man, it's you. All right, Tool. You once asked me to convince you. Let's get you convinced. 
I mull over my brilliant idea into the next morning. Scare Tool into a believer of things that go bump in the night. Dig it. And it's possible. There was this segment in one of Miss Odetta's videotapes. Now, there is one breed of ghosts that everyone, even folks in the flat world, can see. <laughs> that is, if the ghost allows it. These phantasms are exceptionally rare. And believe you me, that's a good thing. So, I tracked down the one citizen of Side B who just might know where to sniff. Knee slapper. Oh shit. Hiya, Ronsta. I need your help. Uh, you, you need my help? I heard about this type of ghost. Uh, a ghost even regular peeps can peep. You're talking about a grave trader. <laughs> Gotta warn you, they ain't no square dance. What in the wide world of weird you want to do with those rotters? I want to cut a deal with one. Slapper tells me, you're in luck. Rumor has it, a grave trader makes its lair nearby. We travel by foot, following the LA River, my paranormal partner leading the way. See, a grave trader is different. They're not like your typical Casper or pot banger. They don't waste time rearranging your game cards in a right and go away on your bathroom mirror and toothpaste. So you're saying they're not jokers like you? Ha, exactly. They have other talents. The ability to deliver true terror. Corkscrew your thoughts. Chainsaw your emotions. Genuinely twisted shit. We're close, but quick warning. The east side is the feast side. Totally. Uh, some of my favorite restaurants are over here. No, feast as in feasters. Phantom zombie hybrids who chow down on human flesh. They roam these parts, so uh, pick up the pace. For your sake. But hey, uh, we're not looking for them. We're looking for that. My eyes follow the direction of Knee Slapper's long, bloodless finger. I don't see anything but a crisscross of towering concrete, a couple of freeway overpasses. What, is the uh, ghost gonna drive by here? <laughs> Smart ass. <laughs> no, wait for it. Just as the sun sets and the afternoon smog meets the evening mist, a giant building appears out of thin air. settling on top of the intersecting freeways like some wacky double-exposed photograph. That's the old orphan asylum, torn down decades ago. Fifties must have been. Then it became this. The building didn't want to go away. It stayed for the children. Oh. Shows up every day in Side B for a couple hours. Just gotta make sure we're out of there before it all goes poof. Or you'll go boing. Eerie as shit in here. Mm-hmm. Whoa! Watch your step! The building's like vapor. Every now and then, side A cuts back in and you're standing in the middle of the interstate. He's right. For a few seconds at a time, it looks like an M.C. Escher print in here. Freeway ramps slash across corridors and stairwells. 
Then, it's back to dusty columns and cobwebbed archways. pack of tykes. A girl in pigtails leads them. The air goes chilly as they move tighter. It strikes me they're not alive. Not in the traditional sense. Hello, I'm Charlotte. Hi, Charlotte. I'm Ronstadt. I'm touched by how happy they seem, these pint-sized poltergeists. I call them the Boo Kids on the Block. We do as we please. We play and play and play. I'm sorry, I, I can't stay here very long. Too bad. Gets lonely sometimes. Oh. Charlotte, bet you can't catch me. <laughs> the Boo Kids start playing again, kicking their loneliness aside. It occurs to me they're forever stuck in the part of life I don't remember a damn thing about. You don't expect me to ask these poor little souls to help me. Relax, Ronstadt. The ankle biters ain't no grave traders. No, what you want is below. In the basement. Into the bowels we go. I'm gonna warn you, grave traders are pretty brutal on the eyes. If Nieslapper is saying that, a dude best described as a walking, uncooked bratwurst, what must this thing look like? Should be down here somewhere. All right, here we go. You first. You first. No, you first. No, me second, you first. Deal? Can I just say, technically, you're already dead. Ah, follow me. Oh, we're close. You hear it? In there. The furnace room. We make contact. The being doesn't register at first. My brain refuses to process the mass of misshapen flesh in front of me. Finally, it snaps into focus. <sighs> Holy shit. It looks like a baby, but tall and old and angry. What was this thing when it was alive? What, what, what do I do? Okay, think about your target. The person you want to scare. Say the name in your mind. And when you do it, stare into its eyes. Stare in its eyes? Do I have to? I go for it. Timothy Oliver O'Leary. And I have this mix of feelings. Earth, death, grow, wither, learn, forget, cheat, forgive, build, destroy. I get this sickness, but also a jolt of energy. I want to run, sleep, eat, puke, 
laugh, cry. You done? Um, yeah. Good. Now, shake his hand. Uh... <laughs> Just screw with it. <laughs> do not touch that thing. Do, do I get like a receipt or something? Like, what does it expect me to do in return? No telling. It'll find you when it's ready to cash in its end of the deal. You can count on that. We gotta move. This joint's gonna evaporate. Goodbye, mister. Goodbye, Charlotte. Bye. Bye, bye. Rasta, time to go. Come. Wave goodbye to Slapper and walk to the Chinatown Metro stop. The sun's down, but it's hot. I stop for a slush. I'm pumping radioactive blue ice from the machine when... Thank you, our guitarist wrote it when he was super wasted, but it's one of my favorites. Faye, I duck behind a rack of snack cakes. She looks happy. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> looks like she's moved on. I'm gonna leave her alone. Ooh, good call. This could use some rum. Still no witty response, Headvox? Wait a minute. You haven't had anything to say since... since I bashed my head in that pool. Since I threw down with that... shadow. Make that... two shadows. Do they see me? Sense me? I chuck my slush down the tracks and run. I weave through Chinatown. Excuse me. Sorry. Got kid. Coming through. Excuse me, Slick. But there's about 500 tourists and a full-blown festival in my path. I sprint for a side street. The shadows gain ground. Firecrackers send one of my predators spinning over a pagoda roof. I see stairs, and I hit them. Heard about these tunnels dug by rum runners during Prohibition. I should make a joke about my ties, but there's no time. Still on me. I turn a corner. No! Dead end. Magic, right? I can do that. Sparkle party? Try to cast it. Ooh, who's a, who's a what? God, words aren't coming. Come on, come on. Oh, that other spell I did. How do these shits feel about reggae? God. Can't see it. But I can hear it. Patty. Patty. In 
the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Reyes Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch, involved in a then-unheard-of secret organization called the Illuminati, and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. Hattie, we're here. My apartment. Sorry. Almost passed out again. I help Hattie to the bed. And I glimpse just a flash of a strange tattoo on her lower back. The shape is dark and disturbing. Nothing I'd expect from my friend. I keep it to myself. Spell took the wind out of my sails. Took everything I had. You really saved my ass back there. Really did, didn't I? Second time this week. I confess my close encounter with Kenner Lash at his club. And how her potion helped me dodge death. You like that one? It's called the same sea. Creates a darn convincing double, huh? Comfy? Mm. So, Lash knows your face. Seems so. Well, let's hope he doesn't know any more than that. Ronnie, I... Let me get you some water. Ronnie? My suspicions were right all along. Something big is happening. And those vile lurks that came after you tonight are only a part of it. Here you go. Thanks. You learned something from those hippie witches up the coast? What, the, uh, the middle sisters? I did. Well, what'd they say? Not a word. Because when I got to the commune... everywhere. Their bodies just empty husks. I'm so sorry, Hattie. And you think the shadows killed him? No. But they were part of it. They've learned a new trick. I found evidence the sisters were branded by the shadows. Their clawed prints literally seared into the skin. Vile lurks marked my friends as targets so that something else could do the killing. 
the long coats. The way I found the remains, it had to be them. For some reason, their name makes me want to board up the windows. But they weren't covered in Miss Odetta's tapes. I don't know a thing about them. We need to fix that. I can tell Hattie is close to hitting the snooze button again when she reaches into her pocket and produces a rainbow-colored pill. A tab of what she calls ecstasy. This will answer your questions about the long coats. Am I going on a trip? Something like that. I follow Hattie's instructions. I shut myself in the bathroom, lights off, climb into the tub, lean back, and place the ecstasy on the very tip of my tongue. The pill dissolves, tart, fizzy, like a pinch of pop rocks. I wait and wait and wait. Hattie, I don't think this is... Can't speak. Move. I'm paralyzed. The darkness around me deepens, expands. I'm suspended in a void. You have learned there is magic deep inside of you, in your very bones, and this is true. It is also true that one day the long they come to steal it from you. The voice echoes in my skull. First, you hear them. Heavy coats, dragging as they tread closer. Out of the void, awful shapes move towards me. Skeleton men in long leather trench coats. forgotten tongue, soothing you, sedating you. It's true, my fear fades, replaced with acceptance. One of them pulls an object from his coat, a contraption, like an antique microphone. A cursed device allows them to speak directly to your bones. They tell your skeleton it should be free from your body. They say it's better out here on your own. Tragically, your bones listen. I... I can feel my spine twitching, ribcage convulsing. Your complete skeletal structure from distal 
phalanges to cranium top. No, please. Thrashes are of your flesh. I slip out of my trip. Oh my god. No longer in the void. Just sitting in the tub. My bones right where they've always been. I limp back to Hattie, shaking like a bobblehead in an earthquake. You all right? I'm never using that bathroom again. Sorry. I needed you to understand what we're up against, what we're dealing with. Someone has hired the vile lurks to mark people possessing magic and enlisted the long coats to do the extracting. Whoever's behind this, they're actually mining magic, stockpiling power. And we can assume it isn't to make the world a happier, shinier place. Without a doubt. Shadowmancers and the vicious hush? And my guess is they're going after easy targets like that little girl you helped. Kimmy. People on the fringe. People that don't have a full handle on their abilities. People like you, Ronnie. Okay. And then there are those who can't or won't fight back. The middle sisters. They were peaceful, private. Their magic made flowers bloom, birds sing. I wonder. I wonder if this is it, if it's actually true. What? The cruel harvest. Some of the middle sisters used to whisper about this event. Side B's version of end times. When dark forces would gather all the magic left in the land and then use it to tear down reality as we know it. They always said it would start in unexpected places. That it would start small. Small, like unsuspecting kids and loners on the fringe? Yes. Yes. Hattie drifts. I take the couch, trying like hell to ignore the fact I can still feel my bones trembling inside me. Aching to be free. Following night, Hattie's still healing when I leave for the gig. I order a lift and tell her to stick to streets with plenty of light. Uh, how come? You got nyctophobia or something? Nyctophobia? That's one of my new words of the day. Been trying to beef up the old vocabulary. It means like a, an extreme fear of darkness. Yeah. I'd say I got that. Plenty of others I haven't had a chance to use yet. Gaddywampus. Snollygosta, Winkle Picker. I tried to use that one the other day, but it didn't work. Uh, Bum Fuzzle. <laughs> That's a funny one. Faced with the prospect of sitting in the dark all night listening to horror stories, I finally paid a visit to the supply closet and snagged the only replacement light bulb I could find. Rostad. Mr. Vez. Hey, what's with this pink light? It's a party bulb. Cause you know, every night in here is a party. Cool. Matches your phone. Dude, did you hear what happened? 
They put an open bar in the break room. The boss had a heart attack. Tool had a heart attack? Yeah, at home. His kids dialed 911 and Todd took the call. Is Tool, like... He's not dead. That's at least the last I heard. Shit. What? It's, uh, just... Remember how we talked about giving Tool a good scare? Well, I, I kind of arranged for that. This could be my fault. What? What'd you do? I, uh, I don't know how to tell you that. I, I can't. The look of disappointment on my friend's face stomps my heart. Vez, I, I didn't okay. mean to. It's cool. He turns his back on me, walks away. My phone's ringing, man. Then Barbie starts ringing. And for the rest of the night, it's just me and her. I, I, I can't go into my yard anymore. It's full of holes. I, I thought they were gopher holes, but these scaly hands keep popping out of them and they're grabbing at my ankles. I bought these eyeglasses, supposed to help me see things far off, but they work so well that when I put them on, I see into the future. And let me tell you, it ain't bright. My daughter's Easter eggs have been sitting out for months, see? Sitting in the basket. Well, one of them just hatched, man. And what came out? It ain't no chicken! I reach my limit. It's not just the frequency of the calls, it's their intensity. Seems like the whole city is graduating from being on edge to going over the cliff. I know it's true. Every night after dinner, my wife murders me. Sometimes with a knife, sometimes with poison, sometimes by pushing me down the stairs. But then, every morning I wake up. It's like nothing happened. Somehow she's figured out a way to resurrect me, to erase whatever damage she's done. Of course, she says I'm crazy, that my memories of being murdered are just bad dreams, but I know what's really going on. I know how much she enjoys killing me over and over and over. I guess you have to get out of there, man. You're gonna have to leave your wife. Hey, I told you. I love my wife. I'd die permanently without her. By the way, whatever happened to the other guy that used to answer this line? He always listened. What? Some other guy used to do my job? Pretty sure the lifers around here would have mentioned it. Still. The shift isn't over for another 40 minutes, but I'm done. I let Barbie ring off the hook as I make an early exit, steering clear of anyone who might give me static. What is your current location? Stay where you are. Including Vez. I make it home. Hattie's out cold, the apartment's flaming hot. I open the freezer door, pull up a chair, and sit. And just as I feel myself flirting with sleep. Who is it? It's just my landlord. Ronstadt. No, you get a room. What, we're not? I need you to come downstairs, Matt. There's something down here in the garage. It's like those rocks hanging in caves. Stalactites, stalagmites. Uh, uh, I don't know which is which. Huh. 
At first, I'm thinking, man, that freezer is way more powerful than I thought. Then I realize it's those growths Hattie pointed out at Macdadis, the bone icicles. It's right under where your bed would be upstairs. W what is it, an, an alien? Uh, it's got me freaked, man. Couldn't find anything on Wikipedia. And I was trying to figure out if I should take a sample or, I don't know, cordon it off. I waste no time telling Hattie. The two of us hold up together. Our combined power. Our magic is, is making them grow. You're even stronger than I thought. The shadows would be drawn here. Drawn to this place. We motor through the steaming city. From Mariachi Plaza, to the Watts Towers, to the Venice Canals, and back again. This heat feels like Kentucky Fried Human in here. Hattie doesn't respond. Out again. Soon, daylight will be out too. The hour of the shadow approaches. Hello, what do we have here? Bright beams of light, maybe 10, 12 blocks ahead. Excuse me. You know what those lights are? The searchlights? Yeah. Movie premiere downtown for that new animated flick. One with the talking toaster ovens that smoke pot. Appreciate it. I park as close as I can to the premiere on the rooftop of a nearby garage. The Buick is drowned in a blanket of light. As Hattie sleeps, Kimmy awakens in my thoughts. The shadows will be out tonight, and she'll be on their list. They know where she lives. I gotta get her out of that house. Hattie, I don't know if you can hear me, but I'll be right back. Can't have my number traced, so I find a payphone. Apparently, they still exist. I call Kimmy's mom. Yeah, hello. Then, I call her every name in the book. I threaten her with unspeakable horrors. It's revolting, but nothing compared to the shadows hunting down her daughter. I plop this cherry on top. I know where you live, and I'm coming to get you, lady. Nana would be ashamed. But if some casting agent at that premiere overheard me, I might land a contract. A starring role in Toasted Ovens 2. The lights cut, power's out, everywhere. From the street lamps to the searchlights, pitch black as far as I can see. A shadow. It gets me. We're in the sky, you won't let go. Even though its face is featureless, I recognize it. Just when we can't get any higher, my eyes glow, hotter than ever. The light cuts him like a chainsaw. 
His clawed hand presses into my chest and burns flesh. He drops me. I fall and fall and fall. My entire life flashes before my eyes. I mean, I think it's my life. Don't recognize the people, places, and things zipping by. But I bet it's mine. Finally see some bits I do know. <laughs> Faye. If only I could push pause. Brett McLaughlin and Link Neal with Holly Jade, Michael Sanfuegos, Maya, Tangi Ambrose, Tobias Jelinek, Dylan Wall, Bryce Patterson, Winston Jones, Isaiah Dell, Holly Hawkins, Reba Burr, Chase Hilt, Christina Cleave, Michael Edwin, Tom Ayers, and Carly Rothenberg. Created by Jonathan Straley and Brandon Bestenheider. Written directed by Jonathan Straley and Brandon Bestenheider. Executive produced by Rhett McLaughlin, Link Neal, Stevie Wynn-Levine, Mallory Schwartz, Rob Herding, and David Henning. Co-executive producers Chris Ferguson and Andrew Levine. Produced by Alexa Gabrielle Ramirez and Marlena Ma. Co-producers Jacob Moncrief and Michelle Zarati. Associate producer Jenna Purdy. Supervising producers, Sandra Yiling and Shin Yin Yu. Original music and composition by Mike McGinnis. Q-Code Head of Music, Darren Johnson. Q-Code Head of Mixing, Ben Milchev. Audio Engineering by Ryan Walsh, Ben Milchev, and Neely Oftering. Edited by Braden McCluskey. Sound design by Umberto Corte. Sound mix by Eugenio Battaglia. Casting by Sunday Bowling and Meg Mormon. Assistant Director, Kelsey Adams. Script Supervisor, Liam Hooper. Welfare Worker, Valerie Pritzlaff. Assistant Engineering by Beatrice Noronha. Additional Editing by Matt Smalley. Dialogue Editing by Andrea Velarde. Sound Effects Editing by Christoph Classe and Alex Lara Peralta. Production Coordinators, Brandon Weisner and Anna Basha Yoakum. Post Coordinator, Rachel Yanover. Production Assistants, Nathan Yan, Bailey Grayson and Jillian Avenas. Production Legal, Christina Bulbrook and Lindsay Keel. Production Accounting, Pin Chen Liu. Produced in association with Oddfellows Post. Ronstadt is a Q-Code, Wood Elf, and Mythical production. Whether you're in a relationship, single, or recently heartbroken, you could be navigating some tough stuff. And it really can be challenging to do this on your own. We all need help when it comes to our relationships, very specifically, our love lives. I'm Jillian, and each week on my podcast, Jillian on Love, I share skills on how to strengthen our relationships 
how to build a stronger sense of self and how to heal heartbreak and choose better partners. Learn how to start making change today and search for Jillian on Love wherever you're listening now. Hi, just checking in and seeing if you might want to step away from the noise of the world for just a moment and connect back to you. If so, join me on my podcast, Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion, where we'll explore mindfulness, self-love, and personal growth as I share practical insights and tools to hopefully help inspire you to start to take charge of your mental and emotional well-being. Search for Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening now.